0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Geek Tastic Dad podcast. I'm your friendly neighborhood geek and father of a daughter. Uh, as the title suggests, this is episode number one, and really my first attempt at being a podcaster. I'd like to spend just a little time letting you get to know me a bit. Uh, I want to start with a discussion on what I call play versus imagination, share what it means to be a Geek Tastic Dad, and talk a little bit about what being a geek is all about by trying to help define what it's a geek. Uh, spend a little time comparing geeks to nerds, and then hopefully wrap it up by talking a little bit about geek culture. If you have topic ideas for the show, you can drop me a line on Facebook at TheGeekTasticDad, or on Twitter at GeekTasticDad. Thank you for joining me, and without further ado, let's get started. I'm recording this right in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. I hope that everyone listening to this is staying safe and staying healthy. In my 42 years, I've never experienced anything quite like this. I'm very thankful to have a job I can do remotely. And I'm very grateful that my daughter and I are in a safe place. We have food, we have shelter. Most importantly, we have our health. So far, we have been minimally impacted by this, but I know not everyone is so lucky. I want to say a special thank you to those who still go out and do their jobs, very important jobs, despite what's going on in the world. Police, firefighters, doctors, retailers, waste management. You keep this world going, and you keep us feeling normal. I know some think that this is more hype than anything, and and maybe it is, I don't know, but is it worth taking the risk? As of this podcast, there are 392,780 people confirmed to have the virus, and the number is growing rapidly as we ramp up testing. Of those, 17,159 souls have lost their lives. Tomorrow, would it be more? What if the coronavirus could turn into something much worse? Isn't it worth being displaced for a few weeks to ensure we stay safe? Is it really so bad having to stay three to six feet away from people when you go out in public, just for a little while? Is it really that bad they have to play in your backyard instead of going down the street to your park? Now, I can't speak for everyone, but it's hard not to fall into a funk during this pandemic. It's hard to stay motivated when you feel so isolated. I'm sure I'm not the only one with this sentiment. For me, it's maintaining a routine, keeping my schedule as normal as possible. My daughter gets frustrated with me because she's of the mindset that since she has no school, she's on vacation. But I still make her go to bed at her normal bedtime because I want her world to stay as close to normal as possible, too. Remember, you are not alone. We are all in this together. If you ever feel down or in despair reach out to somebody. If you have nobody you can talk to uh, reach out to me. I'm on Twitter at geektastic dad or on Facebook at the geektastic dad. Maintain a healthy balance between being safe and being prepared. Make intelligent and educated decisions. Be kind to others but be vigilant too. Much like the story stone soup. We will get through this much better together if we work together than if we go it alone. One last note, this is an historic event. So I suggest you journal your thoughts because you and even your children may never experience anything quite like this again. I know there's a lot going on. I know there are people in hospitals, on ventilators and people at home fighting this virus, maybe even fighting for their lives. But I look around and I see my neighbors, my community are out weeding their lawns and doing yard work, keeping things as normal as possible. I see people walking their dogs. Social isolation doesn't have to mean being all alone. It means staying at a safe distance. Be neighborly, but definitely be careful. And remember those who are sick and the family of those who have lost their lives. That's all I have to say on the subject. Let's uh, move on and get into my first podcast. I guess for my first real episode, I want to tell you more about myself. Let you get to know me better. I think it's important for anyone who chooses to listen to this podcast to know who I am. To get this started, I want to talk a little bit about imagination and play. As adults, we have so few opportunities to actually play. And I think for many, the mere idea of an adult engaging in any kind of play or imagination is, well, ludicrous. But I disagree, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. A few years back, I got wind of a new place opening in Pleasant Grove, Utah, called Evermore. I stumbled upon it, and I got curious, so I followed their Facebook page. I usually head up to Utah over the summertime with my daughter. We go there for vacation, relaxation, and to visit with family. I was planning just such a trip, and I decided to take a chance and reach out to Evermore's Facebook page through Messenger. I explained that I grew up a stone's throw from there, and my daughter and I are huge fantasy geeks. At the time, the place was still under construction, uh, but I thought it would be neat to, to get a tour, so I asked for one. And much to my surprise, they welcomed us with open arms. So we visited Evermore pre-opening with my daughter and my family it was filled with like wonder and magic it was a lot of imagination um, we were invited to tour the warehouse first to see their world behind the scenes and to get kind of a sneak peek of the vision of what actor producer ken brett schneider was building it was i mean it was amazing they put so much thought and care into so many small details uh, some of the decorations they built themselves but they actually sent people around the world to find unique artifacts. That they could buy and ship back for the park. Their costume designers were just on point. Uh, Really defies description. And there's no way for me to express just how fantastic this place is. The people that worked there were clearly in love with what they were doing. And so friendly too. Uh, Once we finished the warehouse, they took us uh, actually out to the grounds. Which was only partially constructed. And uh, laid out the vision of what Evermore was to become. I was in awe. We were all in awe. Imagine someone taking a dream you never knew you had, and then they build it in front of your own eyes. I mean, this place was a whole new level of cool for me. So we reached the end of the tour, and as we were leaving, my daughter and I ran into Mr. Brett Schneider, and he asked us how it went, uh, what we thought of it. Of course, it was amazing. I just, I mean, I gushed. Uh, he then told me, and I quote, adults don't have many places to go play, and that's what we're building here, end quote. Uh, He was a visionary for sure, uh, and I couldn't agree more with his sentiments. The conversation did get me thinking about the idea of play and how important it is. Some adults, well, they engage in other activities, and they'll call it recreation. Uh, When it comes down to it, we grown-ups do need an outlet. We need to play. Uh, I think it's terribly important to engage the imagination. We have since visited the park after opening, and walking into Evermore is like stepping through a portal into a fantasy world. They not only took pride in their decor, but they spent a whole lot of time on the story and history. Every actor, every character, well, they had a purpose and a background. even went to the finer details about the different types of dragons and dragon lore and the history of the realm. If you're looking more fantasy than your average renaissance festival can provide, Evermore is definitely the place. We stayed there until we were almost uh, they were almost closed. And before we left, I just had to tour the realm one last time. Leaving me actually leaving there actually made me sad because now I was leaving this fantastic place and going back into the mundane world like a muggle. I really can't wait. <clears throat> sorry, I really can't wait until our next trip there. If you're interested in evermore, you can definitely visit them online at evermore.com. I dropped a link into the evermore or, to evermore in the show notes so definitely check it out. Anyhow, that's my take on adult play and imagination and that goes way beyond what I've talked about already. Uh, it's why superhero movies are so popular. It's why we have eight Harry Potter movies and two Fantastic Beast movies. It's why we have Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. I think even as adults, we thrive on imagination, uh, but we just do it differently, maybe even cloak it in something else. I have no shame. I'll tell you, I'm a proud geek. I love to play DD because it really drives your imagination, especially if you've got a really good gaming group. So if you'd like to share your stories or your experiences, you can send me a message on Twitter at geek-tastic-dad, or visit our Facebook page at The tastic dad You can also send me a voice message if you go to anchor.fm slash geek-tastic-dad. Hey, and if you leave me a great message, I'll throw it on my podcast. So take a moment, tell me what you like to do for fun, how you get out there and stretch your imagination. How do you like to play? I would like to tell you what it's like for me to be a geek dad and to and have an awesome geek daughter. First and foremost, being a dad is the most wonderful, most amazing adventure of all time. I gets so much joy out of fatherhood, and gives me a unique pr- purpose and drive to do and to be better. My daughter, as of this episode, is nine years old. I'm very proud of my daughter. She's such a good person. She's kind-hearted, giving, well-mannered. And if you're wanting parenting advice, know that half of her good behavior is probably biological. <laughs> Seriously, though. She's an amazing soul. And that alone makes me proud of her. Um, Proud to be her dad. But the icing on the cake is that she's just a little geek herself. She enjoys Harry Potter. We visit the Renaissance Festival as a ritual every year, and yes, we dress up. And for the last few years, she's been going with me to local Comic-Con. Though they call it fan fusion out here. She enjoys Star Wars, probably more than Star Trek. Maybe have to do a uh, podcast on Star Trek versus Star Wars just for fun I haven't introduced her to Dungeons and Dragons yet maybe that will come soon but she'll watch many of the TV shows I like Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Doctor Who etc she's well versed in geek culture uh, I'm slowly introducing her to Star Trek and Star Wars but she has seen Guardian of the Galaxies and she likes Groot and she's aware of Lord of the Rings so we've got a good foundation started A couple of years back, we were in Walmart. My kiddo was in the cart, back when she actually fit in the cart. Uh, We were rolling down the aisle, doing a little shopping. And to make shopping more fun, sometimes we'd race around the store to do funny dances. This day in particular, we were playing a game of pretend. We were imagining that we were in a strange fantasy land trying to avoid the monster that was trying to catch us and steal all of our stuff. My daughter is giggling, and then, out of nowhere, she looks at me, cocks her head to one side, and says, very loudly, I might add, Dad... You're a nerd, aren't you? What's it had to do? I looked at this wonderful little minion of mine and answered very proudly, yes, I'm a nerd. Look, I've made no bones about it. Uh, I'm very open about the geekier side of me. I'm certainly not ashamed to let a room full of strangers know. This is probably a good time to add that I work in technology. I get, uh, I get to set up and play with servers, firewalls, switches, workstations, so much more. And yes, I did say play with. When I was younger, my dad told me, and I quote, Son, do what you love, and you'll never work another day in your life. It was wise, sage advice, but he wasn't entirely correct. It's still work, but it's work I can pour myself into, my heart and soul. So tying it back to my daughter, she knows that her dad's a computer guy, and she's actually pretty proud of it, the work I do. I am who I am, and there's no reason I should hide it. Being me is one of my more charming traits. Folks, I will tell you, raising a girl is terrifying for me. I worry so much about her. I wouldn't change it for the world. Well, little girl is the apple of my eye, but there's no doubt this world is scary for a dad with a daughter. I'm not even really talking about the boys. I haven't experienced that yet. If any of you more experienced dads out there could give me any advice, I'm definitely going to need it. No, the boys aren't what worries me the most. It's making sure my daughter grows up to be an independent, strong, self-reliant, and have a positive self-image. I want to raise her to rise above, be her own person, make good decisions. To foster that, I do encourage her to think for herself and make decisions and be responsible for those decisions. It's tough, guys. not going to lie. Being true to who I am as a geek is one of my many ways to demonstrate to her how to be confident and be self-assured, be proud of who you are. And if you're a fellow geek, stand up and own that. I sure hope she keeps the geeky side of her. But if she goes on to decide that these things aren't for her, I'm okay with that too. As long as the person she becomes is who she truly is and she's happy. Besides, I'm pretty confident she'll grow up to be at least a little geeky. Honestly, being a geek dad is probably just like being any other dad, but with different rituals. However, in my humble opinion, I think we definitely have more fun. Uh, it means being a part of the fun geek culture dressing up for cosplay for comic-con uh getting your garb on for Renaissance festival being in more touch with your inner child i mean play and imagination some might consider that immature but you know what i do my part adulting i work hard i pay my bills i provide for my daughter so what if i decide to dress up as captain mal this year's phoenix fan fusion so what if i enjoy putting together legos we're geeks and we're proud of it right guys raising a daughter is hard much harder than I thought it would be. My daughter is nine. She's experiencing the things that I have I never have and probably never will. I don't always understand her emotions. Maybe that's a guy thing. For the most part, I'm an analytical, logic-driven person. So it's hard for me to know what to do when my daughter's upset. So when I'm when I'm out of ideas, I just hug her. And somehow that seems to make things better. Look, I love my daughter. And I hate seeing her suffer in any way. It's physically painful for me. When she hurts, I hurt. And I think that's just how being a parent is. I also know that those challenges we face throughout our lives are what teach us how to face bigger challenges. I know I can't save her from every heartbreak, every scraped knee, every disappointment. But I can be there to help her back up and just hug her. So, fellow Geek Dads, drop me a line on Twitter, at geektasticdad. Or hit me up on Facebook at the Geek-tastic Dad. I'd love to hear your best geek stories. You can also visit me on anchor.fm slash dad. Again, that's anchor.fm slash dad. Click on the message button, select your microphone, and drop me a voice message. Maybe I'll play it on my podcast. So what exactly is a geek? Urban Dictionary's top definition says that geeks are, and I quote, the people you pick on in high school and wind up working for as an adult. Yeah. Don't necessarily know if that's true, but it's definitely amusing. Um, Oxford Dictionary says the origin of the word geek comes from the late 19th century, uh, from a Germanic uh, origin of the word geek, I guess I'm saying that right, G-E-C-K, which means fool. Um, it's also related to the Dutch word geek, G-E-K, which means mad or silly. Any of you linguists out there telling me, you can let me know if I have said these words wrong. The Oxford Dictionary goes on to define a geek as, one, an unfashionable or socially inept person, two, a knowledgeable and obsessive enthusiast, i.e. computer geek, and then they have a third definition, which is a performer at a carnival or circus whose show consists of bizarre grotesque act, a term used circa 1916. Maybe let's look at some less academic uh, definitions for a moment. According to computerhope.com, a uh, geek is, quote, an individual who enjoys specific topics and spends most of their time learning about the topic or with others who share their interests. End quote. This extends beyond computer geek and is commonly used to describe anyone who has a focus on a specific topic. a Film geek, gamer geek, music geek, beer geek. So if we put this all together, this is what I get. Quote, the foolish, silly, or mad person you picked on in high school who are socially inept, knowledgeable about a specific topic, and you may end up working for us at a carnival. Okay, maybe not. I think we can agree that geeks are believed to be socially awkward and have unique or specific knowledge about a specific topic. Maybe an obsession, if you will, in some cases. I'm not saying we're all obsessed. Uh, more importantly, I see geeks as people who know what they enjoy and live their lives enjoying what makes them happy, even if that may not be the most popular thing. While many of the definitions I found describes a person who is obsessed or uh, interested in a particular topic, um, most notably computers and technology, I think Wired, uh, or an article in Wired by uh, geek dad Jim McGuire probably put it to context the best way. He suggested a geek is, quote, a person whose interests always takes precedent over popularity of conformity, a person who displays the willingness to bear the public shame of liking something weird... And not caring who knows it. End quote. Jim McGuire goes on to suggest that one of the great reasons to identify with the word geek is that it gives you permission to like what you like no matter what it is. Honestly, that blew my mind. The only problem I have with this assessment is that when I was younger, it wasn't self identifying. I'll talk about this maybe at a later time, but being a geek or a nerd was a stigma. It also made us less likely to be proud of what we liked. In most cases, we'd whisper about Dungeons and Dragons or fantasy books we were reading at the time to avoid an onslaught of ridicule. So while this may be the case today, it hasn't always been. I'm glad I live in a time where we geeks are encouraged to have pride in who we are. It becomes more mainstream culture, but Jim's definition opens the door to allow anyone to be a geek, which makes me wonder, is this a good thing or not? Or should geeks be more exclusive? Moreover, are there now subcultures of geeks? There appears to be a lot of debate about the difference between a geek and a nerd. While these terms are often used by muggles interchangeably, they do have some distinctions that I've read about and we am going to talk about a little bit. According to a 2009 article on Wired.com by Will Wheaton, it seems, uh, he says, Nerds are brainy like geeks, but also socially inept. Nerds look weird, act strange, and can't talk about anything but nerdy subjects like computers and science fiction. So is that to say our definition in the previous se- section is incorrect, Or only nerds are socially inept? Seems to be what Will Wheaton is saying. His basic premise is that geeks and nerds have one primary difference. Nerds are socially inept, while geeks, maybe not so much. The topic becomes so highly, has become so highly debated that even sites like Grammarist.com are chiming in. They're defining a nerd as someone who is obsessed with something specific to an annoying degree. And a nerd has poor social skills and is generally regarded with disdain. Geek is defined by them as socially inept or odd person, usually one who is interested in technology. Maybe Will Wheaton was wrong. Uh, I found it amusing that Grammarist also had this to say. A dork is somebody who is socially awkward, fashion challenged, uncool, and stupid. So, sorry to all the dorks of the world. Looks like things aren't going to get much better for you guys anytime soon. Let's move on. On June 3rd, 2013, an author going by the name of uh, Bersettles, I hope I'm saying that right, uh, published uh, on Slack Propaganda an actual study that broke down the difference between geeks and nerds by analyzing two different Twitter feeds between December 6th, 2012, and January 3rd, 2013 and used an algorithm to identify which topics were referred to more as geek topics versus nerd topics. The author then began to plot the findings on a graph where moving from left to right measured how nerdy a topic was, and moving from the bottom to the top measured how geeky a topic was. So what were some of these results? Topics that seemed to fall at the bottom of the both being a nerd and being a geek were things like chores, vegetables, groceries. But the least geeky And least nerdy word seemed to be chores. Moving down the nerdy column, they found things like neuroscience, biochemistry, Harvard, physics, and biology. When you move up the topics that are more exclusively geek-related to you, you run into topics like iPod, tech, Drupal, Unix, and so on. Of course, there were items that were heavily on both the geek and the nerd spectrum, like gamer, glasses, Avengers, Star Wars, comics, Spider-Man. So what was Bersetl's conclusion? He found that geeky words were centered more on things where nerdy words were centered more around ideas. Admittedly, the author of this has also confessed that it was more of a fun way to kill a few hours, not knowing that there was already a whole, as he put it, holy war going on about this very topic. As I reached the end of this, I realized we're no closer than before to knowing what a geek versus a nerd really is. In my humble opinion, there's probably a lot of overlap and maybe using the terms interchangeably isn't so bad. So let's talk about geek culture. I was born in the late 70s and went to high school in the early 90s. Being a geek for me in the 90s was far different than being a geek is today. That much I can tell you from personal experience. Being called a geek or a nerd back then was an insult and nobody really cared to identify as one because it carried a stigma that resulted in bullying most times. Nowadays, being a geek or a nerd is worn as a badge of honor. Quite frankly, I think those of us who grew up living with that stigma, it should be a badge of honor. If you look at the personification of geeks and nerds in the 1990s, TV shows, characters such as Screech, Steve Urkel, these were the epitome of what geeks and nerds were back then. They were socially awkward outsiders with annoying voices. They wore ridiculous clothes and or thick glasses. They were ridiculed by the jocks or popular kids, and we watched as these individuals struggled to accept themselves and be accepted by their peers. Now the construct of a geek hasn't changed. We still love things like comic books, sci-fi, fantasy, Dungeons and Dragons, but being a geek is okay now, even something people are proud of. So what changed? I have a little evidence to back my premise. But I believe pop culture started to embrace what was once a stigma and made it into entertainment. Even something so uh, society can idolize. The Big Bang Theory, for example, became a very popular show. And we watched as our favorite geeks and nerds became accepted by society despite their quirks and nerdy behaviors. We have TV shows like Stranger Things, taking a bunch of kids who play d and and turning them into heroes. Not to mention the plethora of DC and Marvel entertainment becoming super popular, along with Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, these guys romanticizing fantasy worlds. One article seemed to echo my thoughts a bit on uh, that was on battlefieldsports.com. And it continues to suggest that this embrace of geek culture is driven by a need to escape the mundane world we live in. Maybe as an adult in his 40s, being geeky isn't really something I've had to worry about. Maybe it still is a stigma in high school or even middle school or elementary school. I don't know for certain because I see the, world, see the world much differently than I did when I was younger or even the way younger generations do now. But my hope is that we really have evolved to a society where we really are becoming more tolerant of diversity and our differences. So that's it for now. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you've enjoyed it, feel free to help me grow by contributing to my Patreon. patreon.com slash geektastic dad stay happy stay geeky and go hug your sons and daughters